This is episode 34 of the High Life Podcast. Welcome to the High Life Podcast. I'm Meredith Wadsworth, your host and certified wellness coach. Each episode covers all things health and wellness, providing weekly inspiration and information for ways to honor yourself every day. Welcome back to the show, guys. I cannot believe that it is almost October. Um, As of today, it is September 25th, which means that there's less than a week till October. And it also means that as of yesterday, I'm officially 26, which is crazy. It's kind of like being over the hill of whatever you want to say, quarter life, quarter life crisis, uh, if you will. But I don't know about that. I feel like there's still so much of my life I have to figure out and I'm having little mini crises crises, uh, every year, but in a good way. Um, But today's episode is one that I've been meaning to get out for quite some time now. I think we recorded this almost two months ago, if not more, but um, with September being such a crazy travel month for me, I had pre-recorded a bunch of different interviews so that I would just have them to put out and not have to worry about scheduling interviews in between travels and things like that, which has been proven to be more difficult than I assumed at the beginning of all this. Um, But needless to say, it's been so awesome to have these amazing conversations and I've been so excited to share them with you guys. So um, today's episode is with none other than the amazing Nicole Nelson of Living Well with Nick. And I love Nicole so much. She and I have been Instagram friends for a long time now. She is also a fellow health coach, IN grad, and um, she's doing some amazing things also with business coaching. And I love following her and seeing her content. She's been on TV a few times and shares awesome recipes. So she just feels like a good friend at this point. And even though we haven't actually met in person, I fully plan to someday. Um, but I was so excited to have her on the show and as you do with friends, you catch up a lot when you finally get to speak with one another. And before the episode, before we like really dove into the topics of the episode, talking about Nicole and everything she's been up to and all that amazing stuff that you'll hear on the episode, we did some catching up and I filled her in on my life and my travels, um, that I had done that far. And, uh, when I was looking back or or listening back to the episode to, to do some, um, just editing or trimming from beginning to end, I was listening to our catch up conversation. And normally like that stuff is not relevant to the episode or to the show. So I just trim those out. Um, but I decided that I wanted to leave that part of the conversation in for this episode because I felt like there was a lot of truth and honesty and realness in what we were talking about. And it was just simple, you know, catching up how I've been, how she's been. And, um, I was just being very candid, you know, about the whole transition process of working in, you know, corporate New York to now working on my own while traveling in a foreign country and adjusting to that work life travel balance of adventure and having fun and enjoying myself while also trying to hunker down and and get work done. But, you know, also exploring what, what time is it for me right now? Is it, you know, not just like on the clock, but like, is it my time to learn? Is it my time to work? Is it my time to, to play? And what time is it for me in my life right now? And I've actually gotten quite a few questions on that. Um, and it's amazing to hear from 
you guys are people who reach out to me on Instagram via email that I've inspired them to do, you know, a similar kind of leap of faith in their life. And I think that's incredible. Um, and just wondering, you know, how it's been for me. And I've wanted to share that more openly and honestly with you guys, but haven't, you know, really felt like I knew the appropriate way to do that, whether it was through a blog post or what I wanted it to be just really conversational. And I feel like sometimes the best way for it to be that way is for it to really be a conversation, not just a, um, a one-off of, of me just going on and on. So, um, listening back, I realized that Nicole really brought out those answers that I feel like I've been wanting to share with people. So I left those in there and Nicole also shares some, some real realness with us too, about, you know, what she was going through at the time. Um, that's not all like, you know, roses and butterflies and rainbows as she puts it. So, um, I am always an advocate for more openness and honesty and and rawness and realness. Um, so I felt compelled to share that in this episode today. So With that, we will dive right in. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Nicole Nelson of Living Well with Nick. See you on the other side. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I love your blue light glasses. Oh, thank you. They're like, I seriously wear them all the time now. Like I feel naked without them when I'm on my laptop. Yeah. I just have them on all the time. Yeah, I know. I feel like I still need to get myself a good pair. Like I have ones that I got with um, signing up for my latest certification. He just like sends, sent them to people. And I was like, oh, this is great. But they're totally nerdy. And like, they're all like the yellow lens and like yep. the definition of like science geek glasses that I was like, I can't really wear these in public. <laughs> okay. Do you follow Sarah's day? No, I've heard of her, but no. Okay. Okay. So she has, um, like a sunglass and just like regular glasses line. And she has super cute, completely clear lens, blue light blocking glasses, but they're like $70. It's kind of ridiculous. I think I paid like 20 for these, but they're very, very cute. (laughs) Okay. I have to look into those. I also, someone sent me some from Amazon that I used to look into. Um, but I just, I don't don't know why it said something like when I, when I open it, I have like probably 20 Amazon windows open right now. And then I'm like, Oh yeah. But I'm in, I'm like doing something where it's not like convenient for me to just like purchase. I think to like come back to it later and then I forget and then it just never happens. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, but. Okay. So are you in London right now? I'm in London. Yes. Oh, are you loving it? It's been, well, it's, it's funny. Cause I feel like sometimes I even kind of forget that I'm here because yeah. I've done like the, I've done the London touristy thing before. Like, so because my sister lives here, um, I've visited a few times in the past few years that I feel like I've done like kind of the sightseeing stuff out of the way. So when I'm here, it's kind of just like doing work and like getting into like a routine kind of thing. And then when I'm traveling to other places is when I'm like really taking advantage of like seeing new things. So while London's like an amazing city on it in and of itself, it's Mm -hmm. honestly, it's, that's kind of been the hardest part is that like when I first got here, I was like, okay, like I'm doing it. Like I'm the travel, this is the travel thing. Like, but I'm also also like, but I also need to like get my shit together and like use this time to plan the other places I'm going. And so right. it's, it's been honestly very hard to get myself in a semblance of a routine or have a strategy of like when I'm on and when I'm off and like when I'm really like embracing the travel part and when I'm like 
really trying to hunker down. And it's like this whole internal dilemma thing. That's like, you're not going to travel forever. Like, this is not like, this is your lifestyle for good. Like, do you have to like pattern, but like, so embrace the travel part now. And like your work will always be there versus Mm -hmm. the person, you know, in my head when I first set out to do this was like, you can totally travel and work at the same time. So I'm like trying to feel which I'm more called to do right now. Like if I'm supposed to be in work mode right now, or if I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, put that on hold and just like, you know, share things, but not try to push anything. So it's kind of hard to be honest, but I mean, that aside, like the travel has been amazing. And I, and I'm, I can't believe I've been here a month already and that I have like ahead of me. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear though, that it's not like, oh yeah, it's wonderful. And I just like, you know, hang out and work at cafes all day. And it's just like all butterflies and roses. So I think that's, that's the, the misconception when people, they travel and they work at the same time, that yep. it's like all glamorous and they have this perfect balance of everything. So yep. it's kind of refreshing to hear in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I'm not going to lie. It's definitely like what I had in mind kind of when I was coming into this, I was like, Oh, you know, work is work, but it's going to be that much better if I can do it by a pool or like just in some place. And Mm -hmm. granted, I would much rather be here than, you know, in sitting in an office in New York, like I was. So in that sense, that is absolutely like magic in that way, but it's definitely still something that, you know, takes getting used to. And it's not just sort of like, yeah, as glamorous as, as people's think it to be. Yeah. For you for doing this. Like, I feel like this is probably a big, like a big leap of faith. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a huge leap of faith and a faith in, I guess myself that I know what I'm doing or have any idea of what I'm doing. Cause I don't yeah. think that I do, but, uh, <laughs> I feel like just by listening to this sort of, uh, call that I have, Mm-hmm. to go and do it. I have to trust that something big is going to come out of it. You know, like I can't really explain people are like, Oh, you know, what are you doing and why? And I'm like, well, sort of vaguely, I feel like I'm kind of studying and doing research in a way by just like experiencing other things and learning what health means in different cultures. Yeah. Um, but also because I'm figuring out, you know, what. I like in a place to live and what I don't like in a place to live. And yeah, so it's like a mix of things. And I don't really have like an end game per se. Like I don't have like a moment where I'm like, all right, learned enough. I'm going home. You know, it's, I'm just kind of feeling it out and it's just very different. So it is a big leap of faith in that way. Good for you. Yeah. But enough about me. This is about you, this podcast. So I'm um, excited. Yeah. What is, what's going on with you? Like what's, what's been new and happening in the life of Nicole? You know, I, I was talking to a friend the other day and I have felt like my battery is just drained at the moment. Mm. And you know, summer is supposed to be like such a fun, exciting time. And for me, it's when I just get super, super busy, like between friends and family and even work has been picking up more, which I kind of didn't expect going into summer. Usually summer is a little quieter for me for work. So I'm, 
I'm kind of going back to um, when I first started sitting down and reprioritizing everything. Like I I was in a good groove back in like the fall and winter. Mm -hmm. And now with everything just picking up, I feel like I have to get back to, okay, what is really important? Am I actually working towards my main end goals or am I just trying to like keep my head above water? Because that's what I've been feeling like. Like, yeah treading and I'm not really like seeing the shoreline. I'm just kind of hanging out in the middle of the ocean. Hamster wheel. Exactly. Exactly. So we're heading up to our cabin in Northern Minnesota for the 4th of July. We're going to be there for a full week and we don't have a TV up there. The Wi-Fi is really spotty, which I love so much. And so I'm honestly so excited to sit down with a notebook and pen, not my computer, just like pen and paper and sit in nature and just write and get out everything that's in my head and all of like the, the, not the doubts, but just like the confusion that I've been feeling lately, just get it out and then come back from that feeling more aligned and more clear on everything. Yeah, totally. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. I feel that a hundred percent. I even like the, just this morning I recorded a podcast that was like all about getting out of a rut and like, honestly, whenever I like share things, it's usually like, I, I say them to educate, but also because it's what I need to hear. Yep. So, so I was like, okay, like, what do I need to hear right now? And like, came, wrote down like a whole list of things, like how I like to get out of ruts. And one of them was like, really just kind of stepping away from things. Cause a lot of the times, like when we do feel like that, like we're just treading or we're just running on a wheel and like, we're, we're creating busy work, but not actually getting anywhere. It's like exactly. our need to over control things is actually preventing it from progressing. Mm-hmm. So just like, literally just separating from it is like one of the best things that you can do, even though it feels like in your head, you're like, Oh, if I stop, like nothing's going to move forward. But like, yes, no, you need to stop sometimes. Well, and the timing of your podcast that you just launched is kind of funny because this morning I was listening to Stephen Cabral's like how to manifest your life mm. or create your life or something like that. Be the creator of your own life. And I was listening to it at the gym this morning and he talked about setting aside like several hours, not a half hour, but several hours or several days a week, if you can, of quiet time, like no music, no technology. And I'm like, okay, this is actually, I feel like this is speaking to me. This is what I need to hear that it's okay to turn off everything and just be quiet and accept that, yeah, I'm not going to work for a few days and that's okay. Like things are not going to fall apart. Right. And that's something that I struggle with is letting go of that control and it's gotten better, but I always have to feel like I'm doing something to be productive Mm -hmm. when in reality, sometimes resting or writing or just sitting, listening to music or whatever, that's actually more productive than you, you know, trying to finish something at the last minute or sending out another email, whatever it is. Yeah. So finding that like slower pace and knowing that sometimes taking that week and taking that week off and stepping back is actually going to put you ahead farther down the road. Yep. Totally. And it actually just reminds me. So I was, I just picked up a book that I forget what the author's name is, but it's called not working. And it's Mm. like, it's like kind of a, it's scientific, but not in like the sense that it's like written like a research paper or anything, but, um, like sort of the science and theory behind why like not 
working and not doing things is just as much in our nature as the need to be productive. And I'm going to write that down. I love that. Yeah. And, um, I like just read like the introductory for it. So, but it's so far, it's like really good. And, um, it's just like, it's kind of like counter culture to what we're going through in, in time and space right now. So exactly. Yeah. Um, so, okay. To back up a ways, Mm -hmm. you are Nicole and you are a business coach, health coach, sort of all of the above. How did this come to be your career path? And, when did you break away from the corporate world? What were you doing before and all that jazz? So to kind of start way back at the beginning, I went to college for packaging engineering. Mm-hmm. So completely not related to health and wellness. And I studied at the University of Wisconsin Stout. And I fell into packaging engineering very naturally because that's what my dad majored in. He went to Stout. And so I was coming up with like the thing, like literally product packaging. Yes. So I always tell people, cause a lot of people think, Oh, you like you, you work with boxes. Like everyone (laughs) thinks the packaging engineer just like works with boxes. I'm like, no, think of everything you touch comes in some sort of package. So food packaging, cosmetic, um, there's like automotive, more industrial, everything has a package. So, and there's a consumer side and there's more industrial side. You could be, um, you could also be in packaging and like supply materials. Loved, um, I love the food industry specifically because I've always loved food. So I wanted to work for a food company where I could interact with consumers and know what they were looking for in a package. And this vision in my head was very, very clear. Like in high school, I knew I was going to stout. I was going to work for General Mills. That was just kind of my, uh, my path that I had laid out for myself. So when I graduated from college, I started working for General Mills and I loved like my first six months there. I was just in heaven. I, I loved what I was doing. I loved the corporate world. I loved my schedule And as those six months pass, you kind of, that honeymoon phase kind of wears off, kind of like in a relationship and the reality starts to sink in. And I thought, oh my gosh, how on earth am I going to do this until I quote unquote retire at the age of 60, 65? Mm -hmm. And like, is this really it? Like, is this what I'm going to be doing every day? Yep. So I started to take a step back and I thought, okay, maybe, maybe it's the company maybe that's what's making me unhappy. Maybe it's my manager because I, I, I'll talk about this, but I just had an absolute terrible experience with a manager that ultimately like pushed me to leave, Mm. um, which I'm now very grateful for looking back. But in the end, or when I was in it, it was just very, very difficult. So this was in October of 2016. I'd only been working there for six months and I started to do research on different professions in the health and wellness space because I had been reflecting a lot on what I liked about what I did, what I didn't like. And what I knew that I liked about my job was I loved working with people. I love 
consumers. I loved working with interns and mentoring, not in the corporate world, ideally, that I could do that was related to food, health and wellness, and people, something where I could be teaching other people. And I, I really started looking at the bloggers that I was following. All these bloggers I had followed for years and never really read too much about their bio, but I would just read their articles and their recipes. And I started digging into more of their background because I had this realization like, wow, you know, not everyone gets a corporate job. A lot of people maybe start in the corporate world or they leave the corporate world and you don't really hear how they go about doing that. So I started reaching out to a bunch of people. And asking like, what was their journey? How did they get from A to Z? And I discovered IIN through these bloggers that I had been following. Mm -hmm. And after I'd heard about um, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, I started doing a ton of research on health coaching because I didn't really know health coaching existed. I knew there was dietitians and nutritionists, but I didn't know what a health coach actually was. So once I started digging deeper into that program, this was still kind of in the fall of 2016, I decided by like that November, December that I wanted to ultimately have my own business in the future. I didn't know when, but it started to become more of a reality that I wanted to go back to school, become a health coach and start my own practice. So I ended up enrolling in March of 2017 and then in July of 2017, that's when I started um, the my first my class with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I graduated. Actually, I think that was in 2016. Yeah, it was 2016 because I started right after um, I got married that year. So fast forward a year, I was still working at General Mills. Um, I graduated from the program, and I kind of kept it. Um, kind of hush hush for a while, just because I wanted, I wanted to make sure I was doing this for myself and I wasn't getting advice from my parents. I wasn't checking in to see like, if this was a smart career move, I was like, you know, I, I want to do something for me for once and listen to my own intuition and make sure that this is what is going to make me happy. So after I graduated, um, I started seeing clients, you know, my website had launched before then and I was still working full time. So I would just see clients on the side. And And how did um, you start? How did you start seeing clients? Like, did you start doing sessions for free at first? Like, did you do friends and family? It started out with friends and family. My very first client was, um, Jonah's aunt. And she found out about my services through a family gathering. She's not on the internet at all. (laughs) Word of mouth. So, yep. She didn't know I had a website, nothing. So she was my longest client. I worked with her for a little over a year. Wow. And then my second client was one of my best friends from high school. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of snowballed from there. And I think that my, my business has grown a lot through word of mouth. Um, So, yeah. That's how I got my my first client, and I started seeing people in person, which was a really good way for me to build my coaching skills and build those um, personal skills. And I think, you know, now I do all my coaching virtually just for time's sake. But I think having those one on one in person meetings it was just so valuable for building those coaching skills early yeah. on in my career. Yeah, and I feel like there's something that goes on too in like a like in the room in presence that you can't quite get through the computer. 
Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of times my health coaching sessions turned into like therapy sessions. Yeah. (laughs) And, And that's one thing that I knew going into health coaching that it was going to be a lot it was going to be like 50% food, 50% on the rest of the stuff that's going on in your life. Mm -hmm. But from my experience, it was more like 75% life stuff, 25% food, which took some getting used to, but I've learned to actually embrace that part of it. And the food piece, it just comes very naturally. So I actually enjoy getting to know my clients on a super, super deep level. And then we transition and talk about the food side of it. Yeah. I find that's very similar with, with my experience as well. Like I kind of went into it thinking that this is what everyone wanted to talk about. And I would kind of sort of start off like, you know, prompt people that way, but then the conversations would always kind of turn towards other things going on in their life. And I was like, Oh, well, like maybe this is really where like the root of the problem lies. And ultimately it kind of changed the course of what I even do, like in my practice or even on social media and like stuff like that. Like it, kind of started, like if you scroll back far enough, you'll see like it was all food. And then at some point I started just doing like more, um, you know, more holistic things. And now it's like kind of where it's at, but yeah, it's just funny. Like same, similar to you, like my client experience is kind of guided that guided that change naturally for me too. Yeah. And I think when people initially reach out to me and they're interested in working for me, I mean, I would say nine out of 10 times their health goals are focused on food or weight, nutrition. No one comes to me with an emotional problem. Right. But then that starts to come up to the surface. And my favorite part is when you can tell that client just has that light bulb go off. Yeah. You know, it's usually like tears are involved. It's been several sessions. We've talked about the same thing just in a different way. And then all of a sudden it's like, it clicks. Yep. Or they, they'll send me a message and they're like, you know what? I'm actually more aware of something that we talked about. And I'm noticing that this is why I'm eating this way or why I have these unhealthier habits because Mm -hmm. of this stressful or emotional issue I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. And it's very rewarding. Yeah. It's so rewarding. And it can sometimes like, (sighs) I don't know if you find this too, but like as a coach, it can, you have to have so much patience with it because you can see that sometimes clients come to you and they're just like, they've been dealing with something for so long that you feel like they just want to figure out what's going on and like get to the root of it and get past it. But it's kind of like one of those things where even if you or I like know right away what the root underlying issue is or, or a semblance of it, it's not just something I can just tell them or that you can just tell them this is what's going on. Like they have to kind of learn that from themselves. Like they'll hear it, but they won't internalize it. So it kind of takes at least like two or three sessions for them to really kind of let it sink in and, and discover that on their own. So it's, yeah, it's like definitely a thing that you have to have kind of patience with both, both client and coach, but yeah, it's a magical moment. It is. And As a coach, I have truly learned how to become a good listener. Mm-hmm. I thought I was always a good listener. And then I became a coach. And I realized there's such a difference in hearing someone and listening to someone. Yeah. And when you truly listen to someone, you pick up on inflections in their voice and their body language. And 
if they're trying to avoid something, you listen to how they're answering your questions. And I will ask someone four or five different times the same question, but in a different way, just to make sure I'm understanding them correctly or to get them to say what I think they're trying to say and kind of like help them pull it out. But it was, it was a skill I had not developed before, you know, cause in the corporate world, you, you sit and you, you listen to what other people are saying in meetings, but you're just trying to like get through things. Mm-hmm. When you are sitting across from someone one-on-one or you're on the phone with someone, like you are, you are the most important person to them in that moment. Like you are their soundboard you are their friend, like you, you have that intimacy and trust with them. And I just take that so seriously that I try to make sure I'm fully present in everything I'm doing with them. Yep. So so yeah, yeah, it's, I would say like going back to IIN, I thought they did a really good job at teaching you how to be a coach. And not just teaching you the dietary theories and everything about nutrition, but really teaching you those skills and how to um, build that trust and confidence in your clients Mm -hmm. and ultimately like have that, have that relationship because your client is, is a relationship that you build. It's not just this transactional, I'm going to help you fix your problem. And then it's it. Right. I, I typically work with people for at least six months. I do have shorter programs, but I always recommend working with someone for at least six months. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a um, even if it's like a quick dietary fix that they're looking for. I always suggest a longer amount of time because you never know what can come up in those six months and the type right. of relationship that you can develop with them that right. can lead to something more. Right. And not only that, but also the kind of time that it takes to getting back to that having patience thing to really see any change or progress. Like even if it is just focused on dietary changes, like you can't all of a sudden, you know, go from eating this processed diet to then eating plants and feel like I haven't, you know, lost 10 pounds yet. It's been three days. Like what, when's it going to happen? I'm like, it it doesn't work that way. Like even between sessions, sometimes you need at least two weeks. So Mm -hmm. yeah, totally. You, You give it time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so at what point did your business kind of turn from being health coaching focused to being more entrepreneurial focused? And, and what would you say right now? Is it 50, 50? Mm-hmm. I would say it kind of switched, um, this past fall and winter of 2018. So that would have been two, about two ish years after officially launching living well with Nick that I kind of noticed my, my ideal client and a lot of people that were following me were other health coaches or soon to be health coaches that needed help. And it was talking specifically about the food, about nutrition. When I was kind of ignoring all of these emails and messages that I was getting from other health coaches, like, Oh, how did you go about doing this? And, you know, at first I would just kind of answer them one off and be like, Oh, I'm really flattered that they're asking for my advice. This is really neat. And then it started to becoming a regular thing. And I'm like, okay, 
I think this is actually a, a really good business opportunity for myself because I love sharing business advice. I love sharing how I grow my business or grew my business. And I'm really enjoying like meeting these people, learning about their stories. So in December, this past December, I officially launched my business breakthrough Academy Mm -hmm. and I'm in my second round of that right now. And it's been going so well. It's been, it's been like my favorite thing to do. I love my health coaching and I love the nutrition and food aspect of that, but I love the business side of my business group. Yeah. And it, it didn't really surprise all business spirit. Um, I just didn't think I would love teaching people about it as much as I do. And I was, I forget who I was having a conversation with recently, but I said how one thing that was interesting is my transition from um, General Mills to now working for myself is there's kind of one common denominator. When I was at General Mills, my favorite part about my job was actually mentoring other interns. It had nothing to do with packaging. It had nothing to do with what I majored in. It was watching people develop and helping instill confidence in people. I would help them prepare their final presentation and coach them and just reassure them that like they were going to do okay. And now translating that over into my business breakthrough Academy, it's the exact same thing. And that's the part about it that I love. Like, yes, I love the, the business and talking about social media and the financial part, but what makes me feel really good is helping build confidence in other people and yeah. watching other people um, step outside their comfort zone and kind of giving people that little push that yeah. they're looking for and just saying like, oh, I actually can do this. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. So yeah. your, your, your Breakthrough Academy, is that like a group coaching thing or is that like still one-on-one or how, how does that yes. work? So it's a group coaching and I typically see between five and 10 people in one group at a time. I like to keep it a little smaller just because we get to know each other on a pretty intimate level. We get to know each other's businesses pretty well. And we meet every other week and how I structure it is we'll go over a different topic every other week. So let's say one week is all about creating your brand. And so we'll talk about the importance of having a brand. How do you go about creating it, making it consistent? And then we pair homework with that. And that homework is meant to be um, not just busy work, but something that you can apply directly to your business and start doing right after our call. And it's a six-month program, um, which it sounds like a long time, but it is... It's not a six-month program that you have to go through and then you can start implementing. It's six months of working, implementing everything. So by the end of that program, you should be fully ready to see clients. You should already be seeing clients. You should have your business launched. So that's my goal is to make it applicable for those people who are in the very early stages and then those people who have had their business for several years who are just looking to grow it or kind of revamp it. Yeah. Awesome. What kind, so yeah, what kind of like businesses have you seen people come through with or like, have they all been health coaching businesses or are they businesses totally in different fields? 
Um, I would say 95% of them have been health coaching. Uh The one that I can think of that has been a little different off the top of my head is more fitness related. Um, and the clientele that she's looking to see is, um, like younger high school, college girls. Um, so her, her ideal client is definitely different than other health coaches that I've coached in the past. So, but I would say health coaching is definitely the primary, um, focus of the women that I work with. Yeah. Yeah. So at what point did you officially start working for yourself and how, or what do you, what do you attribute? Like if you had to pick like three things that really helped you get to that point. Um, and also how long do you feel like it, it took you to get from starting your business to, you know, breaking off and doing your own thing. That was a really loaded question, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> so it took me, um, about two and a half years. So I worked for General Mills for almost exactly three years, a little over three years. And by the time I launched my business to when I left, it was about two and a half. Mm -hmm. And what was so interesting about the timing was there's a couple things. I had always told myself I was going to leave by the fall of um, 2018. That had been a goal that I had set with my mastermind coach um, and she told me, she's like, Oh, I don't know. I, I think it might be closer to summer, like July timeframe. And I was like, ah, we'll see. I'm still thinking like October will be good. Yeah. So when that springtime rolled around, I had really reached my, the lowest point in my personal life, my career. Like I was just, I was a completely different person. Um, I was anxious all the time. I would just come home and cry after work. I started having um, panic attacks once in a while, which I never experienced in my life. And my my second to the last day of work, I was actually on a business trip. And this kind of leads up to when when I left. I was on this business trip and I woke up during the middle of the night And I felt like I was having a hard time breathing. And so I got up and went to the bathroom and I'm like, what is happening? And yeah, I'd never experienced this before. And I remember just putting my hands on the counter. I'm like, I think I'm having a panic attack. And I would have these terrible nightmares and they were all related to work. So I got on a plane the next morning to work like your, like your private work or general mills work, general mills work. Okay. I would, I got on a plane that next morning, my trip was done with, and I whipped out my notebook on the plane and I started writing out what I was going to say to my manager. Mm -hmm. I set up a meeting with her the following day and I put in my two weeks, like that moment on that business trip was the turning point for me. Yeah. I, I, I had this realization, this has nothing to do with the money this has nothing to do with my career. This is like a personal health issue now. And if I'm getting to the point where I'm not sleeping well, I'm waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety, that's, it's just ridiculous. So I wrote out everything I wanted to say. I set up this meeting. I put in my two weeks and that was that. So that was in April of 2018. And to be honest, I'd really gotten to a place in my business where I felt confident enough to take it full time because I was, 
I was kind of teetering on that point of, okay, if I freed up all this time during the week, all this time I was spending in my nine to five job, I could be so much farther ahead in my business. Mm -hmm. So I knew that by stepping back, I, my business would kind of skyrocket from there. And that's truly what happened. I just found my groove. I like found myself again, to be perfectly honest. Like I was happy for the first time in like two and a half years, which was amazing. And I had never been more confident in a decision ever. I just, I couldn't explain it to people. I was like, I just know deep down, this is the right time. Yeah. And another interesting part about the timing of that is I had been really frustrated one day and I told my husband, I said, I will not be working my corporate job by my 25th birthday. I said, mark my words. And my birthday is May 15th. So my last day at Jenner Mills was April 28th. So it was like right before my 25th birthday. And I had forgot that I said that. And then on my 25th birthday, I was just hanging out. I think I had a picnic by myself that day. And I thought, oh my gosh, here I am on my own time. I'm not working my corporate job anymore. Yeah. I like, I hit this very subconscious goal that I had just kind of shared once. Yeah. You put it out there though. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. I would say in total, it took two and a half years though from the time I launched to leaving and taking it full time. Yeah. Okay. And so the second half of the question was, what do you think contributed the most to the success that you had building it up over those two years? I think it was the consistency and being really, um, persistent and honestly, like believing in myself. Mm -hmm. I, and I think that's why I just didn't share a whole lot, like with my family and some of my friends in the very early stages, because I believed in myself so much. I did not want any sort of like doubt, negativity to cloud that. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a very determined person. Like when I set my mind to something, I know I can do it. And that like track record that I've had and that deep belief in myself, that is truly what propelled me. Yeah. And you know, there are many times where I, I just kind of reassured Jonah, like, trust me. I know I just have this vision. I have this feeling deep down. This is what I'm supposed to do. And when, when it started to get kind of hard to balance my corporate job and my, my business, I would still try to do as much as I could. And I was still as consistent as I could be, you know, when it came to writing blog posts and bringing on new clients and all of that stuff. And I think I think sticking with it. And even though like I was working crazy hours and all over the place, I think that consistency really paid off. And it helped me when it came to that two and a half year mark, when I left, I had built up a really good client base. Um, you know, my, my website traffic had increased. So I felt like I was in a good place where I wasn't like hustling as hard in the beginning. Yeah. So but yeah, determination and, and persistence and that consistency, like those, those three things are truly what propelled me. Yeah. And how much do you feel like the effort you put into your business has been 
a hustle versus a flow. I feel like, you know, these terms get kind of tossed around a lot lately, but especially as they pertain to being an entrepreneur and someone who's growing a side hustle while they're also at a full-time job. And I think people have this idea that it has to be this thing where the rest of your life goes on hold, your health goes out the window because you're up late at night and early in the morning and every window of spare time that you have, you're putting towards, you know, your second job effectively. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was like in your case, but for me, I was like, especially trying to build a health coaching business, I couldn't allow myself to get to that point where I was, you know, putting business over my sleep and that kind of thing, because in order for me to, you know, show up as my best and also to have the kind of health that I was striving for, I literally couldn't put my business first, which you know, it was definitely kind of a hard thing mentally to think about, you know, wanting to always, you know, be doing and creating, but also being like, no, like that's only going to, you know, keep you from really progressing if your health goes to shit. So yeah. How did you find sort of that amount of that level of balance for you? In the earlier stages, it was definitely harder. Um, I mean, I never, I never was like up all night working on something, but there were a lot of times where I was working all the time on the weekend and I really didn't take much of a break. Yeah. Um, you know, I would come home from work and I would start working right away or I'd come home from work and I'd have to go meet a client. And that only lasted probably a year. I would say the first year that was pretty much my schedule. And I just, I accepted it. And to be honest, I actually enjoyed it. Like it was still new where I didn't feel like it was taking a toll on me. Yeah. Um, I never felt like my, my health or like my, my fitness routine, my nutrition, that was never like put on the back burner. It was more so not making time for myself and just working all the time. Yep. Now I feel like I've kind of found that flow flow state. I know the times of day that I work best. I know what days I like to do certain things. I know um, like what time of day I'm better at like doing podcasts or what time of day is better for me to write and shoot recipes or days I meet clients where before I was like, oh, I will meet you like anytime that you can. I'm completely flexible. And now I've kind of sectioned off my week. So typically for me, Thursdays are client days. Mm-hmm. Wednesdays are my recipe days. Tuesdays are like my email administrative podcast days. That's typically typically the the flow of everything. And to find that flow, it took me probably the second half that that second year that mm-hmm. I was in my business. You're just it's a lot of trial and error and figuring out what works best for you. And I think that that alone was one thing that I struggled with so much in the corporate world was not being able to create that flow. Yeah. Your, you know, you have to sit at your desk for nine hours a day. You have to attend these meetings at certain times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I crave that freedom so much. So now that I've found that, that is what has allowed me to kind of get into that flow. Yeah. And I always remind my, my business breakthrough Academy clients that, we do talk about that hustle because all of them, right? I would say, well, all of them in my second group right now are still working a corporate job. And so they're, they're struggling finding that balance between um, just kind of like keeping their sanity, like doing a good job during their nine to five workday, but then having the energy 
and putting forth the like good energy into their business and not feeling like they have to come home and do something just to get it done. Yeah. And we've talked about putting up, um, different like barriers and making sure that you're being protective of your time and energy and that it's okay to take a break. And it took me two years to realize that I didn't have to work on the weekends. So now I never work on the weekends, Mm. um, unless I absolutely have to, but that is very rare now. And just even having those two days a week to uncharge or recharge, unplug, Mm -hmm do something fun, like that is going to help you. And you're going to come into the week feeling so much better. Yeah. And that's what I've noticed is if I have a Saturday and Sunday, that's really relaxing. I'm with family and friends. I come into Monday so much happier and excited to get back to my business because I miss it in a way rather than working through Sunday night, I wake up and just do the same thing on Monday. Yeah. Totally. I very much kind of relate to that. And I'm probably like sort of a few months behind where you're at with like really having this kind of flow thing, especially for me now, because it's only been a few months, if that, that I've um, had this freedom from the corporate world and Mm -hmm. total flexibility in my schedule. It's kind of like exciting that I don't have to, if I don't want to have a weekend separate from my week, like there's no real difference for me of a Saturday versus a Wednesday, you know, in terms of like what my, what my, my duties are for the day. But, um, and while that's like really exciting, it was kind of like, Oh, like I can choose to work when and where I want, like, that's awesome. But also it kind of realized that it was really hard for me to kind of be like, okay, when am I on and when am I off and, um, figuring out again, sort of what, what works for me and what doesn't work for me. It, It definitely takes some time to figure out, but, um, how did you find, or, or, um, what process did you go through to really create a, a, a structure where there no longer was one? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it took, I would say it took about six months and I, the first, I, the first couple days where I was an official, like full-time entrepreneur, like I was no longer working at General Mills. I, I went to coffee shops those first few days. And actually the first few days I didn't work right away. And I took some time off and I kind of thought about what I wanted my work day to look like. Like what does having this freedom, this time freedom, what does that actually look like? Does it mean I get to work out in the morning whenever I want? Does it mean I'm meeting up with people during the day? am I, am I still meeting clients at night or am I putting like a time limit on what my working hours are? Yeah. And so now I reach the point where I would say my workday on average is from 9am until about 4.30 ish. And I'll still do things during the day if I'm meeting up with a friend or my mom is a teacher, so she has summer off. So we'll do stuff together during the day. Um, but like for now, that's what I'm seeing clients. Um, and it is sometimes difficult when clients have a corporate job, but we'll just talk over their lunch hour. And I've, I've gained enough confidence in my business and in myself where I trust that those clients who are really invested in their health, 
they will find a way to make it work. And I don't have to be seeing people at a crazy hour of night just because it works best for their schedule. Yeah. And that was actually one thing I worked through with my, um, business mastermind coach, Amber Lillystrom. I was still with Jenner Mills and I was working with her. And this is when I was seeing clients on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And especially when I would see clients on like a Saturday or even like a Friday evening, I'm like, this just doesn't feel natural to me. I'm so used to having this Monday through Friday work schedule. And she told me like, that's okay. You get to choose when you want to work and how you want to work. And the people who really want to work with you and invest in you, they will figure out a way to make it work. And so that that's kind of what I've done. I have like these, these set boundaries in a way, um, you know, where, like I said, Saturdays and Sundays, I'm not working and Monday through Friday, it's typically nine to four, four thirty. but it's, it ebbs and flows. Like in the summer, we're usually up at the cabin every other weekend. And so then I'm only working Monday through Thursday and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's different for everyone. And that's the really, really cool part about it. And I'm a morning person. So I love waking up early. I love, you know, going to the gym right away. I love working out and that helps me really set the tone for the day. And my, my really thought, um, consuming work that has to happen earlier in the day for me by like two o'clock, I can do more admin work that doesn't really take as much brain power. Yeah. But if I'm doing something that I have to be really intentional about, that always has to be in the morning for me too. Yeah. And where does like being on social media fit into that? (sighs) That's a very good question. (laughs) I've been trying to be better about limiting my social media. Um, and I'm saying this as like putting this intention out there because I'm actively working on this right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, in a, in a, in a, in an ideal world, I would love to be on Instagram twice a day. Yeah. I'd love to go on for a little bit, check any messages I have, and then maybe spend 15 minutes um, replying to comments and, you know, commenting on my, my friends posts, that mm-hmm. would be it. Yeah. But recently I have found myself, if I have a free five minutes here or there, I just automatically open it up. Yeah. And it's this habit that it's such a bad habit and I'm having such a hard time breaking it. And I've never, I've never felt like I have developed this bad habit where I need to, um, like take action and actually do something about it. But I've just become more aware of it. Yeah. And I've even thought about just taking the app completely off my phone for a little bit because I'll find myself, I click my phone. It's the first thing I do. Yeah. Even if I open my phone to do something else, yeah. it's second nature. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, uh, I've actually like gone onto it, closed it three seconds later, reopened it. I'm like, what? yes. Yeah. Like yeah. what? I also have been asking myself, what did I get out of those 20, 30 seconds? Do I even remember what I just took in? Did I take in something yeah. valuable, inspirational, or educational? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've been more mindful of it. And now that I'm like saying it out loud, I think I am really going to start limiting it to like a half hour. Because when yeah. you think about it, replying to comments, replying to your messages, maybe that takes 15 minutes, set your timer. You get 15 minutes. That's all you get. And 
it's important for my business to be on social media. So it's definitely not one of those things where I could completely shut it off in my opinion. Um, I'd love to be able to get to that point, but just not, that's not where I am right now. Yeah. It's all about balance, but it's, I was kind of reflecting back to even when I was in college, I got an Instagram later in college. I did too. And I was like, not, I was like, like, point. I don't get it. Yes. Yeah. And like there weren't Instagram stories back then. I probably posted like every six months. I I resisted stories for so long. Cause I had Snapchat. I Snapchat. I was like, why the hell do I need stories too? Yeah. And I don't know. It was just like an overnight thing. And like, now I don't even use Snapchat, but yeah. Right. Well, and now when I go on Instagram, I really don't scroll through my feed. I'm scrolling through my Instagram stories. That's the part that's taking up all my time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's Ugh. a blessing and a curse. It it's, is. I will say Instagram has helped me grow my business tremendously. Yep. It really has. I have made such amazing friends through Instagram. I have met such an amazing network of people. I've met potential clients that way. That is how um, my business breakthrough clients found me. Every single one of them was through Instagram. So Mm -hmm. I do have social media to thank for that. It's just learning when you're abusing it and like using it as a distraction. Um, And like recently just kind of feeling all over the place and not like very prioritized. I know that's why I'm doing it. I'm very aware of it. And then on the other hand, using it to grow your business, support other people. I love that aspect of it too. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely a blessing and a curse in that way. Yeah. Um, and lastly, have you ever experienced at any point, um, the classic imposter syndrome, or was there a period where your business was growing and you felt like, Oh, who the hell am I to be doing this or feeling like, Oh, I'm putting all this work and it's not getting me anywhere. Like when have you experienced that? And what did you kind of do to get out of it? I experienced that so much when I was still working at Jenner Mills because I, I felt like I had to keep my business kind of on the down low for a while because I didn't want people to think that I wasn't devoting time to my job during the day. Um, I also, even when I was going through IIN and I started seeing clients while I was still in the program, I kind of felt like, okay, do I know everything I need to know to be like teaching these people what to do? Even though intuitively, I think I've always known deep down. Yeah. Like having that certification has uh, made me more credible, but I've always known intuitively like how people should be eating and how, how to help someone that the IAN certification just like took it up a notch. Mm Mm-hmm. Recently, um, I think with my business breakthrough Academy, before I launched it, when I had initially been thinking about the idea, I definitely felt like, okay, who is going to invest in a program with someone who has only had a business for two and a half, three years. Like my mastermind coach, she had been in, she has had her business for probably 10, 12, 15 years. You know, she's Mm -hmm. older. She's in her late thirties. I'm 27. Um, 90% of my clients are older than I am in my business breakthrough Academy. And 
that alone was very intimidating because a lot of these women had experienced um, or had gone to school for marketing. They had worked in a corporate job for 20 plus years yeah, and they left that corporate job to start a health coaching business. So that took a lot of courage to just accept that people were um, still looking to me as that mentor and, um, like wealth of knowledge, even though I was 20 years younger than they they were. Mm -hmm. So that has, I would say it's not really present anymore. Um, but definitely like the last few months I've had to just kind of give myself these pep talks and remind myself that there's a reason why, people have been interested in working with me. It has nothing to do with my age. It's just, they're interested in learning what I have to share and age is just a number. It doesn't define how knowledgeable you are or how credible you are. Mm -hmm. Totally. And you're giving off like a certain vibration of energy and and wisdom and they're picking up on that and they're in line with what that is and that's what they're drawn to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. So to wrap up, I have a few more fun questions that I like to ask my interviews. So what is an absurd thing that you do or a weird thing that you love, like a weird habit or anything? I have this weird love for sitting in Barnes and Noble and reading magazines. (laughs) Not even books? Not books. No, (laughs) magazines. And it reminds me of something that my husband and I will do when we're like in our seventies or eighties, because that's who I see when I'm there. They just sit at these little tables. They're reading magazines together, sipping their coffee. And I, I love architecture. So I'll, I'll pick up like a bunch of like house and architecture digest magazines and I'll just sit there and I'll page through them for like an hour. And it is the most relaxing thing for me to get out of my head and being in a bookstore. I just love bookstores in general. I love libraries. I love books, but there's something about, it's very like mindless, but relaxing. And so that's why I don't go there and read a book. Like I want something where I can just completely kind of zone out and just sit there and Yeah. Like I'll even read like Cosmo and health and yeah. Even though everything that's in those articles, I'm just like, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. I know. know. It's like this weird fascination with, I want to know what people are sharing, even though I'm not buying it. Like I just want to hear what's circulating out there. Yep. Totally get it. It's like something I still do in line at big grocery stores when like they have the magazines in line. I'm like, Ooh, Kate Middleton, like what drama's going on? Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of like reality TV. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love Real Housewives. That's like my, my guilty pleasure. I think it's because I don't really have drama in my life. And so that's like my dose of drama for the week. And that's it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd rather it be that way than drama in my own life. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Um, if you had a billboard, what would it say? Oh, I love that. I... I think I would have it say, I can and I will. Mm. I love the simplicity of that quote. And it's just so powerful. It goes back to when I was talking about being really determined and persistent and consistent with growing my business. And I feel like that is what has gotten me to the place I am now. I was always so... 
I believe so much in myself and I was so determined. I was not going to let anything stop me. And I've even told myself that same quote, I can, and I will over in my head. Like when I'm having those feelings of doubt, I'm such a believer that anything is possible. Mm -hmm. And the people who tell you that you can't do something or you read it somewhere that it's not possible, that's just noise that you have to tune out. And typically those people who are saying that it's just a projection, yeah, like they're projecting something they want or, um, you know, a skill that they want to develop that they believe they don't have. So that's what I would say. I think it's straight and to the point. Everyone can relate. I feel like everyone deep down is working towards something and it's just that, that desire and determination that's holding them back. Mm -hmm. Believe it and you will see it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What has been your best investment under a hundred dollars this year? Oh, I would say my milk frother. Ah, that's another thing that's been in my Amazon cart for so long. Oh, you have to get it. I I just don't know why. I can't just like press buy. I don't know what my problem is. (laughs) Okay. Well, if you want a really good recommendation, I love the Breville milk frother. Okay. I use it. Is Is it like a little wand? No, it's, I do have the wand for like really quick stuff, but I have the one that kind of looks like a a coffee pot that sits on top of the machine. Okay. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so amazing. It has changed my life. My coffee or do you just do just coffee? I will just do my, um, my lattes, uh, but also if I buy like a rebel or like a coffee drink like that from the store, I'll actually bring it home and froth it. Um, but I'll do my ice lattes froth, my hot lattes froth, everything. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what I did before that. I used to make everything (laughs) on the stove and just like heat my milk up. And that was kind of it. I just had this like plain, flat, boring latte. What kind of life is that? I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Now I just push a button. It's perfectly heated. And that's the beauty of this one is it heats it. Ah. So it's like a two in one. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's amazing. Cool. Another thing to add to my cart for another six Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Lastly, how do you honor yourself every day? I would say my, my fitness routine is truly how I honor myself. I have always, always, always loved exercise and getting my body moving. I used to get up at four o'clock when I was in high school every morning with my dad. We'd go to the gym together. Four o'clock. What is wrong with you? I know. I know. I remember I had a, a doctor's appointment, just like a physical and she told me, she's like, I really need you to stop doing that. Like, <laughs> You're getting up way too early. I'm like, no, but I'm going to bed at 8, 8.30 every night. So I'm getting plenty of sleep. Wow. But so that, that really kind of instilled um, discipline in me. And even though it was super early, like I learned to be a morning person and I learned how much I loved waking up before the sun, getting my body moving. And now I have to do some sort of movement or exercise every single day. Yeah. And within the past couple of years, it's really been a lot of solid core. Um, since I became a coach, I've started taking even more solid core classes. 
And being in a room with other like-minded people like that, just like dripping in sweat, that is like one of my favorite things. And I can notice a, a huge difference between my mood when I get that workout in, I can just, you know, zone out for an hour, get my body moving. And then those days where I don't, I don't make time for it. I always have time for it, but I don't make it a priority. Yeah. Same. I always feel such a difference. And even if it's just like 10 or 20 minutes, like sometimes, sometimes it's the days where, you know, you can just tell where it's like, there's a difference between like your body really needing to rest and days where you're just like, it's, it started off slow and then you just kind of haven't really gotten yourself off the couch kind of thing. And it's, it's like, you can, there's a difference there between knowing totally. when your body needs to rest and when you need to actually move it to get it to totally. fill up jazz. So yeah, on those days, it's sometimes just like 10 minutes of yoga or Melissa Wood or P-Vol or yeah. something. And I'm just like alive and ready. And exactly. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Good. For me, it's, it's definitely exercise. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Nick, thank you so much for coming on. This has been such a fun chat and I think super insightful and it's been, it's different. You know, I think a lot of the guests that I've had on have have all been a really heavy emphasis on different forms of wellness and stuff. And I think that there is definitely, um, you know, listeners out there who have a lot of questions about, you know, getting their business off the ground and what it's like to be an entrepreneur. So I've, I really enjoyed having this conversation, um, as an entrepreneur myself and really good. Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. This is fun. I'm excited to see what comes of, you know, more from Living Well with Nick. I know you have a podcast coming up soon. I do. So where can people find you for now? So on Instagram, I'm Living Well with Nick. That's N-I-C. And then my website is livingwellwithnick.com. Awesome. I will put those in the show notes. And yeah, thanks so much for coming. Thank you, Meredith. guys. I hope that you enjoyed all of it. And actually Nicole's podcast is out already since, like I said, this is, this was recorded over two months ago. Um, so definitely go check out her podcast. She has some amazing episodes up already and coming out with new ones all the time. And yeah, if you guys would please rate, subscribe, review, comment, share, you know the deal. That would mean so much to me and to Nicole. And I just hope that if you feel like this message that you received from today's episode would benefit anybody else, that you would feel compelled to share it with that person or those people and brighten their day a bit. So, alrighty guys, with that, I will let you go. Hope that you are having an amazing day wherever you are. Be there fully and I'll see you next time.